0: Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Brett Hay, franchisee at Expense Reductions Analysts in Queensland. Listen as Brett chats about his years as a franchisee with ERA, the potential to shape your own business, the ongoing training and support, and how he is able to grow his business. Listen on to discover more. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Ellen from the Eden Exchange team. Today, our guest is Brett Hay, who is a franchisee in Brisbane for Expense Reductions Analysts. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Ellen. Thanks very much for having us.
0: So could you start off by telling us about your background and where you're currently located?
1: Certainly. Yes. I'm based in Brisbane, but I've had a corporate career for some 20 years before joining ERA. I was general manager in a few roles with Mobile Oil Australia with Mitre 10 and also ran a recruitment company BDS Recruit and joined ERA in 2002.
0: So you've worked for expense reductions analysts since 2002. What has that experience been like for you?
1: Very satisfying, Ellen. It's a mixture of learning, constantly learning, but also solving client problems as well as being financially rewarding. So they're the bits that I most enjoy solving the client problems. Sounds like a worthwhile venture.
0: And what is it about expense reductions that caught your attention? What made you want to become a franchisee?
1: This is a very interesting one. So having spent 20, 25 years in the corporate world and living in multiple cities, I really did want to start my own business, but I wasn't sure what I actually wanted to do. It was rather a um, unique, it was a meeting of uh, all the planets or alignment of all the planets. I saw the advertisement for ERA franchisee in the paper in The Australian one day. Coincidentally, my sister had dinner with the CEO in Sydney, so totally unrelated. And then the BDM for ERA contacted me on the following Tuesday. So those three things came together within 72 hours. That certainly uh, piqued my interest. And so uh, with further investigation, I found that that's what I was looking for, having I consulted to and assisted lots of business owners in the past. I then wanted to run my own business and continue solving our client solutions. So all those things came together at the one time.
0: Okay, Brett, so you're talking about providing solutions. What exactly does expense reductions analysts offer and what do you do as a franchisee?
1: Good question. So we're a procurement consultancy, so we help our clients manage their costs mainly in indirect expenditure, but occasionally in direct expenditure. And through that procurement process, we go out to market and source responses from the market as to how they may be able to assist our clients. Having sourced all those responses, we then analyze those against the client's requirements and allow the client to make a choice, which we then implement and then monitor that for the next um, two or three years or so. And that's what sets us apart from other consultancy firms. We are implementation specialists, so we actually implement. We don't just leave the client with the report. We follow through with that implementation and that monitoring.
0: Okay, now in particular, your franchise is not a single person operation, it's actually a much larger operation than a typical franchise. How many do you have in your team?
1: Six people altogether. Yeah, so when I left the corporate world where I was obviously in general management roles, you have a lot of experience with managing people and that's what I actually enjoyed. So I didn't want to be a sole operator or a sole trader. So once I understood the business, I was looking to expand from myself, sole operation into a team. So I've now got a six-people crew, three analysts, one business development manager, and one bookkeeper. So we're managing all components of the business, and that takes a lot of pressure off myself to allow me to focus on the client management.
0: Now, six members of your team, that's quite a team. So what is the business culture like amongst your fellow teammates and how do you apply the business model in a team setup?
1: Yeah, another good question. So certainly when you move from sole operator to a team, you've got to apply different principles, different business principles. It's very much about delegation and making sure people have the awareness of what I'm expecting of them but also allow them that autonomy to manage their own workloads themselves. We have a very supportive and a very open and transparent culture, and that's important. We operate in an open office, so we all know what each other is doing. So it's most important that each member has that support. But we also apply fairly stringent KPIs to the business because that's obviously what the client's seeking from us. So every team member has their own individual KPIs. We've also got team KPIs because some do telecommunications, some do freight, et cetera. So there's category teams. And then we have the overall company KPI as well. Because we don't sell widgets, it's our expertise and the amount of time it takes us to complete projects. So we have a model called a return per hour so we can measure how well we're performing in terms of revenue that we can generate, but also the amount of time that it takes us to generate that revenue. So that open transparency is what the staff really enjoy.
0: Sounds like a really good business opportunity, especially one with good team dynamics. Now, since you first became a franchisee all those years ago, how do you believe you've grown as a business owner?
1: Yes, this is a a good question and one I often reflect on. When you're in the corporate world, you're trained very well, very intensively, but then you've got to apply those principles to your own business. And so you have to make that a mental shift, I think, from being a corporate member to actually running your own business. And the key component to transfer there is it's got to be all about the client. The client's requirements, the client's objectives, the client's solutions is what the focus needs to be on. But you also need to move that mental shift from having a corporate brand awareness, which you stand behind, to then when you get into consultancy, it's very much the brand becomes yourself. We have the ERA brand that sits behind us. But once you engage with that client, and some of these client engagements can be up to 10 years, then it's very much dependent on how well you perform for that client. So the brand becomes very much about about yourself and how well you perform.
0: Now, speaking of performance, what level of training and support does ERA offer? And has that level of support and training changed as you become a more experienced business franchisee?
1: Yes, it definitely has. When you start, you have a very intensive training program. In my case, it was two weeks, then subsequent follow-up training. Plus, you have a mentor when you join ERA for the first six months of your operation. So that gives you a lot of support and practical support, not textbook, but more practical suggestions and support. And then thereafter, what ERA has moved to is a lot of online training. So it allows you to train yourself at your own pace. Periodically, though, we have annual conferences, which there's some fairly good training during those conferences, which allows, once again, to get practical advice from your peers who are specialists in particular categories. But also, there's a lot of online support that sits behind that as well. So yeah, quite informative and uh, very supportive.
0: It sounds like they definitely give you the building blocks to be able to succeed in this business. That's really good to hear. In particular with your business and your business development, you've been upscaling your business for the last four to five years and you're increasing your current customer portfolio. What drove you to expand and what is your current growth strategy?
1: The challenge you have as a sole operator is there's only 24 hours in a day and working hours probably eight to 10. So it's very difficult to expand. Your business when you've only got your own self to acquire the client but also to produce the results that you need to on behalf of your client so very much you need to leverage your business so you either leverage that to your to your colleagues to your peers or turn build a team as i've done or, or both the other thing though is having left corporate world you've got to recognize that you don't have a corporate task superannuation payout at the end so you've really got to generate your own exit value so over that period of uh, 10, 20, 25 years or so that you're in business, you've got to build your own nest egg, and that is so that you can in- enjoy your retirement. So every person coming into a business always has an entry plan, but sometimes they neglect to have an exit plan. I've also been very fortunate over the last four to five years, as you say, is having had the first ten to fifteen years building the business, I'm now enjoying the inbound inquiries from clients, and that's a nice position to be in. So I'm not chasing the business as much as I used to because you're getting that inbound inquiries from existing and past clients as well. So that's helped to grow the business substantially over the last two to three years.
0: Now talking more about clients, you currently only offer your services to larger business operators. Is there more stability as a franchisee working with large scale clients?
1: Yes, there is, but it does take some time to acquire those clients. Smaller clients will be more open to support and to assistance. Larger clients will tend to have their own procurement teams. And it's not until you uh, have the opportunity to demonstrate our capability that they realise that we offer a service that perhaps their procurement teams do not. We have category specialists, whereas within organizations, their procurement teams to be generalists, so they don't have the finite skills and experience that the ERA associates do. So therefore, it's very important that we spend the appropriate amount of time to gain that credibility, and then once you are in there with the larger clients, they then can often refer you to similar-sized clients, which is a very rewarding stage to get your business to.
0: Now, just speaking of the last couple of years, it's not been a very good year for small business operators at the moment with the pandemic going on.
1: Definitely not. Definitely not.
0: How did your business fare during this hard time and were the restrictions problematic?
1: Yes, they were. Certainly, initially, what clients were doing is just ignoring any prospecting calls, so it proved very difficult to try and to get clients to be open-minded about the opportunity. There were good opportunities in the, one of the areas in which we operate, which is telecommunications, with the redeployment of staff from the office to home. And that meant they needed assistance in terms of being able to set up a work-from-home environment. So we were able to assist a lot of our clients from there. And then once you have that opportunity to assist in one area, then then they can be extended to other areas. The other area was in regards to freight. Freight is certainly a challenge for the Australian economy at the moment with a lot of operators, smaller operators, disappearing. And so, therefore, clients needed assistance in that area. And the third one was in recruitment. A lot of staff needed support, be it temporary staff or even in permanent recruitment, needed assistance in that area. And that's the other area in which we specialize. So, yes, I was very fortunate to have those three categories working in our favor rather than against us. Having said that, it's still extremely difficult to prospect clients when they're working from home as opposed to in in an office environment. So, yes, there's been some challenges there.
0: And would you say compared to before the pandemic to now, do you think there was much difference in how the business operated? Do you think your business was more COVID safe than others?
1: Yeah, certainly we're COVID safe in terms of the way we operate here within the office. We've been fortunate in Queensland, haven't had the level of lockdowns that New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia have had. However, what you still need to do, of course, is move from face-to-face meetings and prospecting to uh, to all online. I've got to be honest, that took a little bit of adjustment and that was another learning exercise in itself just to understand how to operate Zoom, Teams and all the other applications, but also to be covid aware throughout the whole process even now it's still proving difficult of course with victorian and new south wales clients as to how to prospect new clients it's a challenge
0: for some businesses it is harder to become pandemic proof and interestingly enough quite a few businesses actually were pandemic proof even before and they didn't even realize it so there are some businesses that are excelling right now
1: Mm. What I am finding, Alan, is very much the evolving of startup businesses and particularly in the IT&T area, we're recognizing that clients are constantly looking for uh, innovative ways of doing things. So, for instance, if you can imagine working from home three years ago is totally different to how we do it now. But also we're moving a lot of our business in terms of analysis away from Excel to Power BI because clients are wanting to have a much more interactive engagement when we are presenting at the results of our projects. So, yeah, technology is becoming more and more important and reporting of the results is becoming paramount to the client as well. They want dashboard reports. They want to be able to see straight away how they're trending internally and also versus their own competition. So, uh, yeah, that's becoming very important.
0: Yes, very important. Now, retouching on the fact that you've been with the company for years, that is an extraordinary amount of time to stay with a company. You must really love the company very much. Now, what drives you to grow your business and what do you love most? Unlike
1: a corporate environment, I suppose, this is your own company and so I very much enjoy the interaction with my fellow business owners as opposed to corporate colleagues. So that's a very rewarding part of it. In fact, I've got to say that's probably the most rewarding, that interaction with my peers. But secondly, and probably just as important is interaction with the staff, just watching those staff grow. Because a lot of my staff come here post university studies, And so they're looking to get that business experience, that practical business experience. That's a really enjoyable part of the role and managing that business. And the third one is because it's so financially rewarding. I've got to be honest, um, I would not be able to generate the same net wealth if I was still in the corporate world as opposed to in your own business. So those three elements are what I really enjoy most. So the, the clients, the staff and the financial rewards.
0: Great, and considering your longstanding membership with the ERA community, what advice could you offer for anyone thinking about becoming a franchisee? I'd pass
1: on the same advice that I got when I started the business. In fact, before I started the business, I got it from the the BDM who first approached me with the opportunity. And he said, if you wanna be successful in this business, you need three things. You need focus, you need time management, and you need people management. And if you've got those three things, I'm sure you'll succeed. And so I've always remembered that. It was only about a five-minute conversation at the end of the engagement I had with him. And those three words or three three elements, focus, time management, and people management, what made me realize that, yes, I can make a success of this business. So whenever I have challenges, and as we all do running our own business, you just come back to say, well, it's one of those three things that I've neglected that's causing me a problem at the moment. So if you refocus on those three elements, then you will succeed.
0: Thanks, Brett. Expense reduction analyst sounds like a unique opportunity to franchise with. Now, for anyone listening to this podcast who is keen to put their name down for more information, there is a button beneath this podcast to submit your inquiry and the team at Expense Reductions Analysts will get the ball rolling ASAP and get you started on your franchising journey. Now, thanks again, Brett, for joining us on the podcast today. We wish you all the success in your developing business journey and we hope to hear from you soon for an update as you grow your business.
1: Thanks, Ellen. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much.
0: Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Brett Hay, franchisee at Expense Reductions Analysts in Queensland. To find out more about Brett and the Expense Reductions Analysts franchise or to discover other episodes by Eden Exchanges, Head to our networking website, businessbuyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling and investing world. Thanks for listening.